You're listening to Speak Lord. I'm Ryan Rogers. This summer, I'm preaching a sermon series called Steps to Christ. I want to walk closer with Jesus, and I would be so grateful if I could help you walk closer with Him. In preparation for this series, I've been reviewing a little book called Steps to Christ by Ellen White. It was first published in 1892, and it has helped countless people around the world walk closer with Jesus, and it's had a large impact on my own spiritual growth. The book has 13 chapters, and I've had the privilege of having conversations with leaders in the Alaska Conference. That's the organization that my church belongs to, and I've talked with them about the message of this book and how it can help us walk closer with Jesus. So for today's episode, I'm sharing one of these conversations. Here it is. Jesus is always inviting us to walk in a closer relationship with him, and that's what I want. And that's why I'm having these conversations about steps to Christ. And I'm having this conversation today with Kevin Miller, president of the Adventist Church in the Alaska Conference. Thanks for talking with me, Kevin. Sure, Pastor Ryan. I'm glad, grateful to be here. And I understand that, like myself, this book, Steps to Christ, has meant a lot to you. So this little book, Steps to Christ, is probably my favorite book outside the, the Bible. And I can think right now, off, right off the top of my head, two important milestones in my own spiritual journey where this book has spoken into that moment and set me on a, on a path that, you know, the Lord is mapping out for us, but at the time, you don't see it. And this, he used this little book here for me to... Um, to take the next step in two instances. One was when I was a very young Christian, I was new to the church, uh, I hadn't been in baptized very long, and I was reading this book and I'm absorbing everything, I'm studying the Bible, but I'm a very private person by nature. And so my faith was very private to me. And so when I went to church, I just went to church for specifically the divine hour, you know, I'd go in to worship and then go off. And there was in the bulletin one week a a little blurb about a little Bible study that was getting started up uh, for the demographic that I I was in at that time. And, but I didn't think much about it. I, again, I'm a private person going to somebody's house I don't know is not my natural inclination to do with people that I don't know. So I'm reading this book during the week, and there's a, there's a statement in there in one of the chapters that says, seek out the opportunities to go where prayer is want to be made. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that little ad in the bulletin was just tumbling around in my brain, and so I actually called my wife. I said, I think, I think the Lord's telling us to go to this Bible study. Well, anyway, long story short, that, that Bible study became one of the highlights and blessings of my spiritual journey and stepped me from a place of that personal private faith that we all need to have, but actually launched me into uh, the local church ministry and, and getting to know people and them getting to know me and getting a little more uh, acclimated to actually following Jesus in ministry. That was one. The second one was uh, as a pastor, I'm, I'm a new pastor, and I've got to face this, this my first serious challenge uh, 
somebody in the church isn't doing the right thing, you know. And you hear all the horror stories about people leaving church because uh, the church comes down kind of hard and kind of... And so I'm trying to pray my way through it because I don't want to be the pastor that, that brings the hammer down in the wrong way. So I'm praying to the Lord, Lord, show me how to do this. Show me what you really want and how to deal with this situation. And, uh, and it was this little book, I think we're going to talk about it here in just a minute in our first chapter, that actually was a powerful, it's a powerful statement that has actually, from that moment on, and shaped my ministry, uh, not just in that moment, but all the way now, you know, 24 or 5 years down the road now, uh, and how I deal with these kinds of situations, and even people of, of all kinds of uh, different uh, things that happen in, in our world. So, so this little book has just been a joy to me. I read it. I try to read it once a year just to re-energize my own steps to Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's actually been to you literal steps to Christ. It's been a very much a literal steps mm-hmm. to Christ. So there, there is a book called Steps to Christ. So, so many different prints, different colors, but um, there's also realities of Steps to Christ. And what this book, what I love about this book is it's not, um, it's not a standalone book. It is book a book outlining biblical steps to Christ. Absolutely. And with, with the walk with the Lord, <clears throat> certainly not perfectly formulaic. No. You, you can't just say that here's step number five. And, but it's also not purely mysterious. There's actual practices that Bible outlines. There's actual beliefs that it gives us that we can claim and, and we can step with Christ into a deeper relationship. So in these conversations, this is the first of 13 conversations because this book has 13 chapters and we're just going to take them like steps. Even though this is not necessarily um, linear, we're going to take them as literal steps into a deeper walk with Christ. You know, and I think, I think the, the title of this book is so um, pertinent to who we are as people because when Jesus stepped into our world, right, he stepped in and walked with us. I mean, he, he didn't sit on a throne somewhere and tell us to come to him. He came down and walked right along with us. He walked with them on the road to Emmaus after the crucifixion, if you can imagine that. And he walked with them, the disciples, all, all over uh, Palestine there and even into Samaria somewhat. So, so his, his understanding, this understanding that Jesus walks with us to me is, is a very powerful and profound uh, reality in the way that we live life and that he entered into that life with us. Absolutely. He's taken steps with us. So the first chapter and the first step, I think it's a perfect first step, is God's love for man. And I do think this one is linear because the first step in relationship with God we love him because he first loved us. Exactly. So the, the first step has to be receiving his love, and then it's all giving back in appreciation. And as, so as you've read this chapter year by year and recently in preparation for these conversations, what is it that grabs your heart in this first step? So I'm going to share with you the one that, that was in that, that intense milestone there when I was a young pastor. Uh, looking for that, how do I... 
how do I approach, and I think this is powerful for the day we live in, how do I approach someone who is taking steps away from Christ, who is walking with Jesus, right? Or even in our day today, you know, everybody's at this, bam, we want to we want to butt heads, and if we want to argue, and we want to, you know, I mean, it's all about uh, if I win the argument, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think this this helps me a lot. Um, in fact, I used to be a fairly cheeky lad, but I've I've learned the Lord has over the years helped me to to bite my tongue, so to speak, and open my ears and be more sensitive because of this, of this passage here. And this starts on, on, on page 11. For those who might have this book or will get this book, uh, it starts on page 11. And the quote is this, Love, mercy, and compassion were revealed in every act of his life. So even, even when Jesus is, is rebuking Pharisees, right, at the, toward the end of his... This is, there is love, mercy, and compassion in, in how he's going about doing this. His heart went out in tender sympathy to the children of men, and he took man's nature that he might reach man's wants. The poorest and humblest were not afraid to approach him. Even little children were attracted to him. Uh, they loved to climb upon his knees and gaze into the pensive face, benignant with love. Jesus did not suppress one word of truth. Now, I hear a lot in my work and in the role that I serve right now about truth and how it should be out there. But, uh, and we don't want to suppress truth for sure, right? But Jesus said he is the truth, the capital T truth. And sometimes I'm not sure I hear so much of that. But he did not suppress one word of truth, but... He uttered it always in love. He exercised the greatest tact, which I think is a, is a thing that's being lost today, is tact. How do we say hard things in a way that is still uh, recognizing your value and who you are and how this may impact you, right? Uh, he exercised the greatest tact and thoughtful, kind attention in his intercourse with people. He was never rude, never needlessly spoke a severe word, never gave needless pain to a sensitive soul. And one of the things that I know about Jesus, he could read souls like we read books, right? That's why we have a Steps to Christ book. And so since I don't read souls, I, I said, Lord, help me just to treat everybody as a sensitive soul. I, I know big, tough, strong men, but inside, they're very sensitive, and they have this exterior that helps def- defend them, right? And we never know uh, that. But he didn't, he didn't give needless pain to a sensitive soul. Now, this one blew me away. He did not censure human weakness. So one of my favorite stories in the Bible is, is Elijah. Yeah. Powerful story, right? He, he takes down the, the false worship of Baal, and, and he... Uh, by his prayer, he brings the rain starts again, and he leads the the chariot down uh, the king's chariot down the mountain and stuff, and then he gets threatened by Jezebel. Now he just he just did in all the priests of Baal, and he gets threatened by Jezebel, and human weakness takes over. He's tired, physically, mentally, spiritually, and he runs. 
Where's the faith of this great prophet, right? But he runs, and the way God deals with him in that moment is probably my favorite part of the story. He doesn't, he doesn't get after Elijah. He just tells Elijah, you need to eat this food because it's going to sustain you for the rest of your trip. Drink this water and get some rest. And then when Elijah was ready to re-engage, that's when God came in that, in that still small voice and said, Elijah, we still got some work to do. You know? And, and that, that has been a, a powerful statement to me because I, I see a lot of us people who that's where we go to. We, we try to censure human weakness. And Jesus didn't do it, so we need to be careful about how we deal with it as well. He spoke the truth, but always in love. That's the second time it's said in this, in this paragraph. And he uh, denounced hypocrisy. So saying one thing, doing something different. Unbelief, that's where we try to take over God's role. We don't trust him to do what he says he's going to do, right? And uh, iniquity. And in this case, I think iniquity is not, not the sin we struggle with, but the sin that we don't struggle with because we hold on to it. We want it. Yeah. That's the iniquity that he would rebuke, right? But, and again, here comes the but, but tears were in his voice as he uttered his scathing rebukes. Back to that story where the, the situation I had, that's what I needed. That's what I was looking for. How do I enter into this situation that needed some correction? But I didn't want to do it in an angry way. I didn't want to do it in the way that, you know, was, was it human weakness that was happening. I needed that discernment. I needed to, to know how to speak into it. And when I read that tears in his voice, it was like, and so when we went and made the visit, the head elder and I, we all cried. It was a, it was an amazing, it was amazing. We had two, uh, we all, all, everybody was crying at the, and by the end of it, we were all together. The Lord was there. I know he was there. And, uh, and, and that turned into a wonderful blessing, uh, in the lives of those people and in the life of this pastor. So, so God's love to us is so amazing. I mean, when you think about what we really did to him, and yet, he's willing to, to send his son, who we call his son, Jesus, into our world to walk with us, to then go to the cross, bearing our sin and the responsibility for it, you know, and then, and then coming back in resurrection saying, even though you killed me, even though you sinned against me, even though you've done all these wicked things, you know, I still love you. I died for you while you were still sinners. I reconciled you while you were my enemies. Um, how, how, see, that's the good news that we have. That's the good news that we have to share with, with people. Absolutely. And then the rest of it begins to fall into place as we understand that magnitude of the love of God in our lives. And what I love about your story, um, you had already experienced His love for you, but then you, you followed that model as a pastor in leading with love, and, and it actually had the exact effect 
that person was brought into a deeper walk with Christ because you chose to act like Christ. So it works for us too. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. If we'll allow him to to flow that through us, the, the experiences that you will have with people are just incredibly amazing, right? I mean, instead of carrying around the bitterness and the hatred and the malice and the anger and discontent and all the things that go in with, you know, this what we what we're seeing in our world today, instead we can actually have these really amazing experiences with people that we'll call brothers and sisters and maybe for even eternity. And uh, yeah, and that's, and that's the richness that has maintained me as a pastor, as a follower of Jesus, is, is God's love for me and the way he's dealt with me, <laughs> dealt with me over the years, right? Um, and, uh, and I'm so grateful. Uh, everything I have is, is, is an direct result of his love for me. Absolutely. And if you're a do-it-yourself kind of person and you're going to get this spiritual life right and you want the steps, you Google them just like you'd Google steps to change, change your transmission or something, um, the first step is actually taken by Jesus, That's right. not us. So you, you can't be a do-it-yourself Christian. No way, no way. It's, it's, it's God's love for man that takes the first step. And, um, and, and that might be for those who are joining us in this conversation if your spiritual life has become stagnant and you're thinking, I just don't know how to grow and I've read these books and I've tried this church and I've done these things, a breakthrough step to Christ is accepting He loves you. He actually loves you. And we can't make much progress spiritually without recognizing His love and receiving it. Otherwise, it's all just us. And so that's why I think it's such a perfect first step is recognizing, accepting that God loves you before you ever did anything to earn any bit of affection. You, you can't get anywhere without it. You know, that's the, all the prophets, the apostles, even the great spiritual heroes that we have, all at some point in their life recognize that overwhelming love that God had for them. And that's exactly what boosted and lifted them into the, you know, that saintly stratosphere sometimes we paint them into, right? Uh, Because they really did experience God's love in their lives. And for those who are joining us and watching, I I would love to end in prayer and just a prayer of blessing because I want to take steps to Christ and I'm, I'm guessing that those who are watching this want to take personal steps to Christ. And would you lead us in a prayer specifically about receiving God's love? Absolutely. Gracious Lord, thank you so much for your love. Thank you that you first loved us. And that because of that love and and the way it's expressed to us in our lives, through Jesus, through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, through his ministry even now, that it is empowering, it's uplifting, it gives us contentment, it gives us purpose and meaning and, and just a hope that is um, really uh, overwhelming sometimes. 
And so we thank you for that. And, it, and there are people out there, Lord, who need to really feel your love in a tangible way. And I'm praying that uh, they will feel that love come to them in some tangible way, whether it be through a conversation, through some experience, or just, just with their Bibles and you. Whatever it may be, Lord, but, but share your love and show your love in their lives in that way that they can experience and understand and uh, respond in kind. We thank you for Jesus and we pray this in his precious name. Amen. Amen. How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Well, thank you for listening to Speak, Lord. And as a Speak, Lord listener, I want you to know that I pray every day for your spiritual growth. I hope that these conversations are helping you to take steps with Jesus. And if you want to go deeper in the Steps to Christ journey, I invite you to check out the sermon series that follows the same study. You can find that at PastorRyanRogers.com. And I will not be preaching the last half of the series from July 29 to September 19. The messages that are shared in the series will be shared by some friends of mine who are stepping in while I'm gone on sabbatical. And if you would pray for my time away, I would appreciate it. I'm anticipating a really special time with family and with God. And I look forward to coming back refreshed and ready to share some of that blessing with you right here on Speak Lord.